And welcome to the Confound Millennial, starring Stephen Sturvin Michaels and featuring special guest, my buddy, Veron October. Hey, up, hey, man? how you guys doing? Thank you for having me on the show. Um, looking forward to, to chatting with you, Stephen, as a, as a grown man and not as a 16-year-old that I remember. Yeah, not the, uh, oh man, dude, I hate even looking back on that. Like, thank you. Thank you, Leron. I want to say this all these years later for putting up with what I was back then. <laughs> You're a strong man. You have strong will. I would have smacked the crap out of me if I was you on several occasions. But you, you got it. <laughs> hey, that's what, yeah, being, being a youth pastor and working with teenagers is, is you always have a whole bunch of different kids and and uh, if you, the people who walk into a job like that and really want to to spend their life or spend uh, a time of their life working with students is you just have to know that kids are just developing and they're just learning and developing who they are and walking through their own problems and, and walking through parent problems and and uh, your job is just to to love them and care for them and put up with them and you know, have fun with them and, you know, teach them a little bit, you know, about morals and life. And yeah, that's, that's, that's a job. And sometimes there's, there's kids that are rough, you know, there's sometimes there's kids that um, you have no issues with and, and uh, it's just, it's just part of the job, <laughs> you know. It's like those years, uh, you know, that I spent in that youth group, like it's still, you know, that's, that's where I developed like my taste in music. That's where, uh, that's where, you know, even though as an adult you change and you grow into another person, there's always like, we were talking about music a second ago before we started recording. Like you always go back and, uh, like I'll be listening to some Paramore and I'll just get hit with all these memories of the friends that I used to hang with back in that time. Yeah, yeah, it is. It's it's the nostalgia that it reminds you of, of of looking back at music or looking back at pictures, and it takes you back to a certain time. and And that's what I was listening to last night. I was listening to a lot of uh, punk rock, and so right about you know, fifteen, sixteen was on punk rock face. It didn't change the way I dress. I didn't dress like a punk rocker, but I listened to a lot of listened to a lot of music, and uh, just playing those music again, those those songs again instantly dropped me back, you know, to Laurent and some of the friends that he used to have, you know, at 15 or 16 and just, just doing some dumb stuff, you know, crashing on my friend's couches, um, you know, I just playing video games all night long, kind of, you know, kind of, kind of thing. So it is, it is, it's a uh, music does that for you. It just kind of brings you back to a moment in time. Yeah. It's like, um, we've been, I uh, live with uh, my cousin and her, her husband, Dirk, that comes on the podcast from time to time. And he's been listening to a lot of old punk rock. And it's probably close to the stuff that you were listening to a little before my time. He's closer to your age. And, uh, you know, when I was when I was 16, you know, when you knew me, you know, we were we're telling you we're listening to Skillet, but we're all listening to the Disturbed, Avenged Sevenfold, and Five Finger Death Punch <laughs> behind your back. <laughs> yeah, yeah. I mean, it, that's what I was saying. You know, with students is is 
is you know that they're 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 developing, they're they're learning who they are, um, and so you always take almost you also take what they say with some grain of salt. Like you know, uh, I know I'm only getting part of the answer. A lot of times you guys told me about things you listened to, and I never really asked. Oh yeah, <laughs> <laughs> you know, I was like, so you felt the need to defend what you're listening to, but I I never really asked. Um, I did. I, I, no, Paramore was never. Uh, I think I got out of punk rock before Paramore got famous. So when you guys say to listen to Paramore, I was like, oh, that's cool. But I really didn't. I really listened to their music. Yeah, like um, I, had uh, from then. I just remember I was talking yesterday. I was uh, telling Dirk about all the uh, phases that the youth band had gone through from Taylor leading it and it being kind of, you know, older uh like 90s christian music inspired to ashley berry coming in and like let's just rock out and me and eric and ben jumping off our risers with our guitars and man you let us get away with a lot (laughs) well that's that's the you know it's 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 funny though i'm uh you know my and we might get into this later but my job has changed my role has changed so now i'm in a position of, of hiring pastors and hiring kids bastard. Uh, but yeah, thinking back to those moments, there's, you know, um, the Bridge Church was probably the funnest time that I had as a youth pastor. And, and I could get into all the different reasons why, but, uh, you know, kids were great. You guys were, all, you guys were great. And um, yeah, there was a lot of just, yeah, let you guys do what you wanted, not what you wanted, but within reason, let you guys, yeah. you know, use your gifts and your talents. Uh, use the the passion because you you wanted to be there, you wanted to play music, you wanted to play Christian music, uh, you wanted to do it together. So I was like, yeah, why not? You know, why would I try to to stop that? And I, I was not a musician, so my I couldn't help you guys musically. I just told you when things didn't sound good. But you did like, your yeah. best. <laughs> Go ahead. You did your best to help us, though. Yeah, I did. I would bring it. I'll do as much as I could to help. You know equipment, all that stuff, and um, to learn. And I just wanted to create a platform for you guys to to do what you what you had a passion to do. And I think that I think a good leader and a good uh, student leader, especially, is it's really not about them being in the front or being on a stage. It's really much more about them providing a stage for kids. And I learned that probably about a year after I got to the bridge, and I started just doing that. I'm like, hey, you know. If you guys, you know, however you want to play music or you want to do, I want to give you the, the freedom to do that. I try to give kids the, the platform to to teach, but no one took me up on that offer or uh, to do announcements and stuff. And I allow a few people to do that. Um, but yeah, and that's I think that's a good leader just kind of allows people to, as a good student leader, just builds a, an environment for kids to to use their gifts and talents. So it was fun. It really was. It was the stuff you guys did and the creativity that you guys had was was fun. I mean, it was it was really fun times because you know the the friends that I made back then, like I call Caleb Sosby almost every morning on his way to work. <laughs> uh, me and Jarrett talk all the time. Uh, Savannah Barry comes on the show. Like uh, our artwork was provided by Ashley Barry. Like cool. it's all. You know, even though we might not be around each other like we were, you know, almost every day being the homeschoolers, just hanging out at the church, trying to find some way to hang out with friends. But we (laughs) still we still keep in communication and we're all 
pretty much still, you know, that that group with a few exceptions. Which doesn't yeah, and, happen. And that, that, that is awesome. Sorry. Go ahead, I'm sorry. I didn't hear you. I said uh, it doesn't happen often. Like, you know, usually when people grow up, they drift apart. And it uh, surprises me that that many of us have stuck together. Yeah, and that takes that takes a lot of relational equity, a lot of time in that relationship. Uh, there's a student that um, ended up, their, their family came to the church uh, and then leaving probably about a year after they they came uh, they left around the same time i did it wasn't related but um i remember the kid had a hard time connecting and the parents always had an issue because they're like man like all these kids are so connected but i feel like my son's always on the outside and i was like i was like yes and no um a lot of these kids they grew up together you, you know they're it's like you're comparing them they grew up together they're homeschooled so they spent a lot of time Together, um, they've been here to church, you know, some, some of these kids, you know, five, six years. Um, and so, yeah, they're they're kind of a close-knit group, but it's not intentional. Not like they're intentionally saying, hey, I don't want to hang out with you. It's just they, you know, they don't think about it. Like whenever they go to their, their friends, their homes, all their parents know each other. So things just are happening. There's not, a lot of times we hung out, there wasn't a plan. It was just like, hey, you know, you want to go grab something to eat? And like you know, on yeah. a Wednesday night or whatever, we just we just go do something. Uh, so there wasn't a plan or an event, and so that that those that parent and that kid just had a they had a hard time with that, and um, it was that and some other reasons why they ended up leaving. But uh, I tried to explain to them it's, it's look, it's no one is doing it on purpose or trying to push you aside. It's just these kids just grew up and spent a lot of time, and so the only way to get in the, the only way to, to to, to join that, not join the group, but be a part of that group is, is just, you can't show up late and you can't leave early and right. expect them to know who you are, you know? Um, so, but it, no, it, is, it is cool to hear that you guys are still so friends and still connected because I, I do think that's that's very important. And, and when you find those good friends, you hold on to them um, and you hold on to those relationships because they truly do mean a lot. Um, and, and, and good friends are hard to come by because the older you get, the the harder it is to make friends, actually. There's mm-hmm. you know, life, busyness, interest. And, you know, back when you're five years old or six years old, you can knock somebody's door and say, hey, you want to come play? When you're an adult, you knock somebody's door and like, hey, you want to go play? You know, <laughs> just weird. <laughs> so it's just different. Well, no, the other day I uh, did an interview with a band and uh, afterwards one of the guys was like, hey, any of y'all play Warzone? Y'all want to add me? <laughs> I'm like, heck yeah. Yeah, sometimes man. you just got to ask. It is. You just got to, you just got to, you know, you know, it's just, I don't know what it was when we were kids to where, I don't know if you didn't, if you didn't develop the fear of rejection yet, or it was just the the thing about numbers. It's like, hey, I just ask, just ask all the kids in my school to play, and eventually I'll find somebody. But as you got older, you just, yeah, that fear of rejection kind of sets in, and you're like, yeah, I don't want to put myself out there and no one takes me up on an offer or, or, or whatever. Um, and so now I, I get it, but yeah, once you, once you have a good friends and a good friend group, it really is important. And it takes, uh, what I was going to say earlier for, you know, before I got sidetracked my story, um, uh, with, as you were talking about with Caleb and those other guys and, and Ashley and Savannah, it, it takes work on both people's parts. 
to want to continue that relationship. If it's just one person, eventually you get tired um, and you don't want to do it anymore. Um, if no one does it, then it just kind of fades um, over time. But you know, if both people are you know invested in that relationship and and care about the other person and want communication. Then it builds and it lasts over time. I have I have a few friends that I like that from college to where it just we became friends and you know we vacation together sometimes. And so that's true friendship. When <laughs> you could, you know, you choose to go and spend money and stay with people or uh, stay with your families together. So now our kids are growing up together and they they look forward to seeing each other. And so it is that's that other stage of friendship. Right. And um you know, like the, I was just reminded there was one guy, I won't mention his name, but, you know, we were close back in the youth group days and I was even the best man at his wedding. And then uh, he never rode me afterwards. Like we went a year <laughs> and a half without talking and they sent me a meme and I'm like, what? <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. Again, that's where that relationship equity just kind of fades of. So. It's not mutual, or 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 it is mutual that both of you guys decided like, yeah, you know, it's it's not something that you you invest a lot of time in, and it and it just kind of fades and falls off over time, and that's okay, you know. We you know, like I said, life happens. We, you know, families, marriage, kids, busyness, work, all that stuff happens and gets in the way, um, but relationships are very important. And uh, I just want to. I wasn't going to bring this up, but uh, just in the rare case he's listening, I want to say, uh, you know, I've been doing this podcast for two years with my good buddy Chandler, and uh, we got in a, you can tell, you know, he wasn't in the last episode, he's not in this one. Uh, he, uh, we're good friends, and we got in a little disagreement, and I really hope we get over it, and Chandler, I love you, man, if you're listening, and uh I'm going to call you after this. So if you're listening, you're like, oh, this is when he decided he was going to call me is that moment. <laughs> <laughs> uh, I'm bummed I didn't get to see Chandler. Does he still have the hair? Oh, uh, he, well, <laughs> or is he's got a new the version back of half of the hair. He's kind of he's kind of like me, a little follically <laughs> challenged. Uh, so he just has the back half. Yeah, he's got the he's got the he's got a mullet he's rocking a mullet and uh he's got a big old Amish neck beard. Really? Yeah. Oh, he, man, I'm gonna check that out on Facebook. Yeah, my um the people I live with refer to him as Jebediah. <laughs> so I do hope you guys work it out. Uh you guys are good friends. Um yeah. We will always always like, you know. Uh, you know, Chandler was one of those guys. He was always very, he was quiet in the youth group, but I always knew when he wasn't there. Um, it's just, there's just something about him that I just, uh, he wasn't like Jared that was like loud and you, there's, you can't miss Jared. Um, but Chandler, he could fade into the background. Uh, but I always knew, I always knew whenever Chandler wasn't there, it just felt like something was missing. Right. You know, so, you didn't hear, you, his, you didn't hear his ankle brace kicking around. You know, you knew he was gone. <laughs> I just always remember him wearing, you know, it was like, I was always shocked. I was like, Chandler, it is 20 degrees outside and you're wearing basketball shorts and a t-shirt. Every youth group's got one. It can ne I've never seen Chandler wear pants. 
and I've never seen him wear long sleeves. You'll be proud of him. He wears pants nowadays. <laughs> he's grown. He's grown up. He's yeah. grown up. He can't both. Work requires so, it of him. Yeah. Speaking of my beard, what's going on with that mustache? Oh yeah, dude. I wanted a curly mustache ever since I was a kid, man. I had a. <laughs> I had a, like, I was like nine years old and I had a full mirror and I drew with a Sharpie a curly mustache right where I would, you know, look and I'd be like, man, I'm going to have that one day. <laughs> you know, I acquired my dreams, Laurent. It is. Hey, I'm growing out, you know, I grew up my beard and have grown out uh, pretty long before. And so a couple of years ago, I had, um, uh, back before I left youth ministry, had a really, really long high top and then big old you know, beard. And so, but I, I had to I had to clean it up a little bit, start working with adults. Uh, so what's it what's it like? Uh, so, you know, obviously, you know, a lot of a lot has changed. Um, when did you when did you start working with adults and less with children or, you know, youth? And when did you decide that? Um how did that happen? Yeah. Um, so I was with, with you guys for three, three and a half years. Uh, got married, and then I went to uh, Alpharetta area, Johns Creek area. I was there for about five years. And in that time, I just I, I kind of just you know developed, not that I didn't necessarily want to do youth anymore. I just kind of had this conflicting passion. Um, to where I wanted to do more of the business side of the church, uh, more of the uh, executive ministry kind of stuff in the church, work with adults. I didn't know what that meant. Um, I didn't know what that looked like. I just knew that um, I was, youth ministry was kind of fading out for me. Um, like when I was at the bridge, I looked forward to trips, the lock-ins, um, all of the all the fun stuff. I really, you know, every moment at the bridge, it was, it was, it was emotional for me to leave. Um, I kept thinking about it for a long time. I was like, man, I made the wrong decision. Should I have gone back um, for for about a year after I left? Uh, but you know, I just as the as time went on, the 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 things that I used to do in youth ministry no longer was fun and excitement. I still love kids. I still love hanging out um, with kids and building relationships. That's actually one part that I still miss is is that element of it, um, you know, the van rides, uh, just you know, grabbing some some lunch or dinner or whatever, and just just talking with a group of kids. So that kind of stuff I miss. Um, the Wednesday night services or Sunday night services, whatever, I, I don't miss those at all. Uh, Lock-ins, not at all. Uh, youth conferences, <laughs> you know, not at all. Uh, the relationship stuff, yes, but and so you know. About four years, I want to say three and a half years ago, I really just had this overwhelming passion that I wanted to do more, but I didn't know what more looked like. Um, so ended up realizing that it was time to leave that church in Johns Creek area. Um, and the church that I actually interned at um, before I went to college, um, I connected back with a pastor and, and his staff and offered me a job there. And I kind of just Went over there. I started working with uh, adults. Uh, it's kind of funny. I went from working with teenagers to working with the ushers and greeters, which generally are the older people in the church. So I went on like a totally different uh, side. And my wife made a joke. Uh, she said the first Sunday I got there, 
She's like, you look like a totally different person. Because remember when I said I had the high top, had a high top and a beard and, you know, I had a, you know, joggers on and, and that kind of stuff was what I wear because I was working teenagers, long, you know, long teeth. Um, and then I, I started off with my new job and I changed all of that because um, it, it went, I was, I was working with, with adults, uh, with people that were old enough to be my parents or sometimes my grandparents. Uh, and so the way I talked to them changed, the way I, I, I dressed changed. And it transitioned from that role into what I'm doing now, which is um, one of the executive uh, pastors there and staff. Um, so I do a lot of that. What I said in the beginning was doing the business of the church. So now I'm doing a lot of the business of the church. Um, I do the, uh, the admin side of things, uh, the facilities. Um, I went from you know, only managing myself to now I have uh, seven employees that I manage, uh, which is humbling and, 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 and I'm still learning how to manage employees. Uh, it's still humbling, uh, but I, but I enjoy all of it. I enjoy all of, all of my job and where I'm at, what I'm doing. And um, like I said, I'm looking for, you know, now I'm, I'm responsible for hiring employees and interviewing people and it's a learning curve. It's different. It's, it's totally different. People who knew me, you know, people who knew me back when me and, um, you know, Will, <laughs> just getting dumb stuff or you know shooting shooting guns or remember that time where we were shooting guns in the apartment complex and the, the police showed up and we all ran <laughs> and then dude and then everybody ran up the hill and then my fat butt couldn't make it the first try so yeah, i had to we... duck inside a children's playhouse when the cop came back around yeah full disclosure for everyone watching the apartment complex was abandoned there was nobody there um, but yeah, we we're the funny thing is when I ran when we ran back and we got back to where I was living, I closed the door. I was like, "Oh crap, where's Steve?" <laughs> <laughs> uh, but yeah, the people who knew me back then for doing those things, uh, if I think if they if they you know just bumped into me at church sometime, like they wouldn't even probably recognize me and what I'm doing. You know? How old were you back then? <laughs> I was 21, I was 22 when I got to the bridge. And that's still like, that's, you know, that's still pretty dang young. Yeah, I was 22. So now I'm about to be 33. It's just the, what, the way I, I act. Uh, and, and it just, it's just different. Your mindset, yeah, over time changes. Uh, but think about it, some, there's some dumb stuff that I used to do. Uh, it was like, I couldn't believe that my pastor at the bridge had hired me because <laughs> I was 22. Uh, but I had a lot of fun. You had a whole lot of fun. I remember the, the the places you guys used to take me and just have me drive around. I was like, where in the world am I going? What am I doing in White County, Georgia? <laughs> Every five yeah. seconds, like, are these, are they about to drop me off in the woods and run? <laughs> uh, yeah, so the 22-year-old Ron that you guys do, uh, you know, might be a little different than, than the way I am now. But it's just, yeah, life, life, life happens. Um, but yeah, I still, I mean, I still have very, very fond memories. I, um, I've been up to Cleveland several times since I've left. Um, a few kids have gotten married that I've gone up to, to be a part of that or perform the ceremony. Um, I've gone up to, to see people. Um, I remember it was actually really funny. I walked into, there's a girl that was getting married and I performed the ceremony, um, right across from the Sosby's house around that area and called I text Chris and I was like, "Hey, are you guys home?" Um, he's like, "Yeah." I was like, "Hey, can I stop by? I'm just in the area." And I, and I walked in and it was kind of like walking back in time because I remember the first time I walked into their house, 
you know, 22 years old. Um, and it is, I, I, you know, there's just always had, always had like this, this soft spot for Chris and Cindy. I don't know why. Um, I think I, they always treated me like I was like one of their kids. I was old enough to be one of them, um, but they're just great. Also great people, great leaders. It's like uh, one thing about the Sosbys is it doesn't matter who you are, what you've done, how long it's been since you've seen them. You're always accepted there. Yeah, it really was. I just, I just walked in the back door. Like I, I was like, no, do I need to go ring the bell or, or when I just, and I just, and I didn't, even, I didn't even think about it until after I was sitting down talking to them. I was like, I just, I texted them and I just walked in the back door and, <laughs> you know, said hi. So no, it was good. Like I said, I, I, I miss, I miss it sometimes. It's like, uh, you know, the last time I talked to, and I need to, I need to call her sometime and give her an update. Cause the last time I talked to her, uh, I don't know if you follow my Facebook page. So this might, uh, you know, shock you a little bit, but, uh, was when I was in rehab trying to get out and I called her and I was like, I don't know where to go. I ain't got nowhere else to go other than here. And she mobilized the Sosby army to figure out where I can go. <laughs> oh man. It is just great people. And, um, you know, just, there's just, sometimes there's just great people to have, um, like that. And, and it's helped me to, to, you know, there's, you know, there's this moment I realize this too. This might come in handy for you too, as you as you get older. Um, I was again, like I said, I was you know, and I'm responsible for employees, and so I was talking to somebody about, um, you know, some not an issue I was having with an employee, but just things that I'm learning as a leader of like, you know, how do I have better conversation? How do I lead better? Kind of stuff. And, and I remember that I used to ask a lot of questions to people I used to work for. I would ask some questions over and over again until I got better at asking questions to where I no longer needed to ask questions. I just, I knew what the policy was, I knew what the vision was, I knew what the direction was, and I could fill in the gap. And I was like, man, how do I get people to do that? And I realized it's like, I am now the person that I used to ask questions of, if that makes sense. Mm -hmm. And so um, you're talking about, you know, how great families like the Sosbys are, and people who care. And it's like, I realized it's like, there comes a moment to where you just have to decide that's who you want to be. Like, there was a moment where Chris and Cindy had to decide, this is who I want to be, you know, and just, and just be that. And and, I, and I've done that. Like, you know, if I have to, there comes a moment where you just have to decide, okay, who, are, who am I? How will people see me? What's the story that people are going to share about me? And just decide to live that way and decide to be that. And, you know, you've... Whether or not you realize it, you've been that way for a long time, whether you needed to make that active decision or not. Because I, I vividly remember one night, one of the worst nights, uh, you know, with I'm not going to get into it too much, but one of the worst nights of uh, my teenage years involving my family. Uh, I just remember I called you crying, dude. And I was like, I don't know what to do. And you're like, come over, let's shoot some Nazi zombies, play some kill zone. <laughs> like just de-stress. We'll figure it out, man. Oh, yeah. It is just uh, thank you, man. That was a, I was I hadn't thought about that in a long time. And you know, brought tears to my eyes. I was like, yeah. And and it's those things as a student pastor who who that's the kind of stuff I miss doing in this league. And 
and you do all of the other stuff to get to that point to where kids could just call you and it's like, hey, you know, and you build trust with the parents to where your for your parents they could they know that you're in a safe space. Like, yeah, you know, it's, it's okay. You know, it might not be really good right here, but you can go with Laurent and hang out, and you know, all the better. That's how I, that's how my youth passion was for me. I I would I, I used to spend you know days over at his house, um, or you know. Over the summer, when I had nothing to do, I was like, "Hey, can I just come to your office and just I'll do whatever, stuff envelopes, you know, clean up, do whatever." He just wanted to be. I just wanted to be around him, you know, to get away from from the stresses at home. And it's like uh, you know when I'm pretty sure when you took that job, they warned you about a kid named Sturvin and a guy named Will Rob <laughs> that you would be inheriting. They did. They did. They did. Uh, but you guys, man, I. I as much as you probably see yourself, um, the one thing that I saw for you guys is you love being there. Uh, you love the youth group, and anything I ask of you, you would do. So there's very few things you you guys would say no to, and there's times where I just I just needed somebody to hang out with. So I was like, hey, let's. It was just the three of us. I was like, let's go and, you know, let's go somewhere else and do something. Let's um, go make Will eat wings till he throws up. <laughs> that was that was fun. That was, that was a lot wing. of fun. Yeah, I think there are some people who are they're probably I don't know if it's jealousy or envy or what it did, but I think they didn't like our the, how much we hung out. <laughs> I know for a fact there was people like I I meant to mention this earlier. I was in a weird position in the youth group because I was both part of the in crowd. And I was the outcast of the in crowd. Yeah. So people would come up to me and they'd be like, you know, they'd, they'd complain about this, you know, uh, click or whatever that they thought was going on. And I'm like, I know. And they're like, you're one of them. And I'm like, am I? <laughs> <laughs> yeah. I didn't think you realized the influence that you had. You never did. That's one thing I always realized about you. Never realized the influence that you had. You always saw yourself as outcast, but you weren't. You were, you're one of the key kids in the youth group. You always were. You always were. Um, I think if I, my thing was always if I could transition you to, if I could allow you to, and I was young too, so I probably wasn't able to, to do this effectively. But I was like, okay, if I could, if I could get Stephen to realize his potential, he really would be a, one of the key leaders in the youth group. Um, but I think because of your home life and everything that was going on, you weren't able to see that. And, you know, I was, I was, you know, at the time, you know, at school, I was bullied mercilessly. Yeah. So it's not on you that I couldn't see that. I was just oh, not yeah. in a position to where anybody could do that for me. Help yeah. me to see and, that. And, and, I that. Um, and yeah, and, and yeah, me, you know, a lot of it. The, the interesting thing is this with with new leaders and new pastors and stuff. You know, the moment you step into a new, an existing, like I stepped into the youth group, I had zero influence and no influence at all, actually. I borrowed influence from the pastors there um, and I borrowed influence from you guys um, because you guys are actually had more influence than I did. Um, the longer I got there, the more influence I had, but um, you really could have tanked everything I wanted to do um, with attitude or anything like that. And so that, that's the thing is like you, you actually had significant influence. You just never realized that. Um, but you also cared enough about the youth group and you 
and you liked me for whatever reason early on that you wanted to hang out with me and it was it was enjoyable i remember actually i remember this moment i don't know i don't know if you if you guys remember this um but i i was i walked into the apartment that i was living at um there's nothing there um i was it was the first time i was truly all alone and i think it was like the, the first night there or second night there and you called me and your family was going out to eat. You're like, hey, do you, have, do you want to come eat with us? And I was like, yes, absolutely. I would love to come eat with you. <laughs> and I came and we we had some, I think it was uh, some some barbecue restaurant in town. But I remember that moment of, of I, I really felt like, you know, the people cared about me. They cared not just what I could do for your kids, but actually cared about me. Um, and the fact that you guys reached out to me two days after I got there to invite me out to eat meant, meant, meant the, the world to me. Well, thank you for that, man. I'm, I'm glad, uh, glad we did, cause uh, you know that was the start of a good friendship for a while. You know, we don't talk much anymore, but you know that's just like, you know, I know deep down that if for some reason I'm, I ever needed you, you'd answer that phone. Like, you know, it's uh, just we've stop, gone. You gotta different. stop changing your number. Huh? You just got to stop changing your number. I haven't changed my number in a very long time. Uh, okay. It probably has changed since you had it, but uh, yeah, I'll give it to you. I just I have zero service up here. Uh, I've actually moved up to Kentucky now. Oh, okay. Uh, so I drove to Kentucky one time. <laughs> it's uh. <laughs> I live in the middle of nowhere, man. You got to, I went to, okay. So I decided when me and Chandler got into the fight, I had like an emotional breakdown. And I started missing my cats because I have a lot of anxiety, depression and that kind of stuff. And so I have emotional support cats that are still in Georgia until I get my own place. And so I decided I was going to get me some fish. To make the room less lonely. I had to drive 30 minutes to go get one fish. And then I decided, you know what? I'm going to get a couple more. So I drove an hour and a half to go to a PetSmart. And then this morning they were all dead. But that is terrible. It's terrible. But like I had to drive an hour and a half to go there. 30 minutes to go to a town that might have fish, and they had three of them. Uh, but, like, we're in the middle of nowhere here. So, uh, I don't think I had a point. I just needed to complain that I – it's worse. It's, it's less – like, Cleveland is more happening than this place. Wow, that's saying a lot because I thought – Cleveland was a ghost, not 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 ghost town, just just a tiny blip on the radar. I was like, and I I, I did I asked myself like, God, why did you bring me bring me up here to, to Cleveland, Georgia? Uh, but it really was. It's it, I think it, it kind of allowed me to to explore who I really deep down inside uh, that there's that country element of me that I enjoyed it. I, I didn't go fishing as much, but now like I, I love fishing and I love. You know, outdoor stuff. And I remember you thought we were so weird. Um, you know, 
Wednesday after church. Yo, I think it was the first Wednesday you were there, maybe the second. Like, yo, LaRon, want to go walk around Walmart with us? <laughs> I was like, uh, yeah, we went to go get pizza. Down, we drove uh, 20 minutes to Nakuchi to get pizza, uh, the tavern. And then you're like, hell, oh, let's go to Walmart. I was like, for what? You're like, just walk around. I was like, like, yeah, that's where the party's going to end for me. <laughs> but that's where the party starts in Cleveland, man. You go to Walmart, run into everybody and your cousin. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I think that was actually what the Walmart had just been built the year before. Yeah. Got there, right? Yeah. So when I got there, you know, it was a small, small town. So when I got there, uh, I came to an interview and there was Burger King, McDonald's, Zaxby's. It was the only thing. It's Sonic. It was the only thing there. Um, and you guys knew I hated McDonald's and Burger King. Um, so I was like, well, I guess Zaxby's and Sonic. So the first week I got there, the first Sunday I got there, Zaxby's had burned down. <laughs> and it had rained for the next month, just torrential downpour. And Sonic just fell into the, the uh, earth. <laughs> so all I had was McDonald's and Burger King. And I was like, oh, oh dear God. This is just what, why did you forsake me? Why am I up here? Why have you forsake (laughs) I can imagine it felt like that, man. Yeah. And so, but I had to venture out and a lot of country cooking, a lot of country food and um, did a lot of driving um, to go to Dawsonville or go to Habersham. So it wasn't, but all in all, like it really was, I mean, like, I wouldn't trade those three and a half years for anything. Um, and I would relive them because they were, they were fun. They really were. Some things I would probably do better as a youth pastor, but all the silly things and all the all the things that we broke in the church that my pastor never knew about or <laughs> found out later, <laughs> I was still, still do again. Dude, we, you know, you were, you were the coolest guy around at the time. You know, uh, anytime we'd take a youth trip anywhere, we knew – we knew we was hitting up the Smoky Mountain Knife Works. <laughs> Get us some swords. Yeah, that was one of those moments of like, uh, I came back and, and the pastor at the church was like, <laughs> he was, it, it was one of those like misbelief. He was just kind of laughing at me because I allow you guys to buy. I was like, okay, they're country kids. They're used to having knives. So like, they can buy a knife. I didn't expect you guys to buy swords. <laughs> <laughs> and so... You know, here come, you know, Jared out of the van when we got back and he pulled out this like, well, I think it was like a three and a half foot sword or something like that. This ridiculous sword out the back of the van. I was, <laughs> and I'm like, where else can you let a bunch of teenagers buy, go to a knife store and buy a bunch of knives and, and swords and, and not be, you know, a lawsuit or you get fired. But, yeah, it was, it was some beautiful times, man. Uh but anything else going on or uh, questions you want to ask, like uh, about today's times? No, it's, uh, you know, you know, I don't know who all would, would watch this um, or does watch it. I um, guarantee you when I who, share this, everybody from that youth group that you used to hang out with, they're clicking on this. Yeah. But it's like whoever's deciding it, it, it's one it's one of those things that it's 
I will say this. I was reading this book, man, and in the book, uh, it talked about, you know, it's kind of talking through legacies and stories, and it talked about the stories that we're all living a story. Every decision that we make is adding to the story of our life. And, you know, and the question was, what story do you want to be told about your life? And so for my uh, wife's grandfather's funeral, I said that at the very end. I was like, look, we all have, we all live a life and we all have decisions and choices to make and, and it's all leading up to a story. And so what is that story that you want told about you? Man, this one time I knew this person, their name was so-and-so, fill the blanket. And then they go on from there. Um, and so that's the thing I would encourage people to do is like, hey, the, you know, just like we said about the family in the beginning, of like, you know, if, if there's a way that you want to live, just decide today to live that way. Decide today to to make those decisions, little decisions every day to become who you want, who you admire. If you want to be generous, make decisions every day to be generous, to be a person that tips well, to be a person that gives away money to other people. If you want to be um, a person that always is available and opens up their home, you know, be that and and find ways to, to do that. So that's my encouragement to whoever's listening is, is, is there's a story being told about you. Um, you know, so live your life well. Live your life for the benefit of other people, um, and not yourself. Very wise last words. Thank you for coming <laughs> on the show, Laurent. Thank uh, you, Stephen. Thank you for the invitation. It was my honor to get to to reminisce and and live some nostalgia and talk about punk rock and this is where life is now. And I pray for the next fish that you have that they don't meet the same faith as your last one. Yes, and. Uh, <laughs> Quick little warning here. There is a uh, not so friendly word in our outro, but I will have edited that by the time. I just didn't <laughs> reload a new one yet. It's so I'm a guest on your show. Huh? I'm, a, I'm just a guest on your show. But you might enjoy the song uh, played by Ben and Caleb Sosby. Oh. And this has been the Confound Millennial starring Stephen Sturvin Michaels and special guest, my buddy, LaRon October.